I'm Steph and I'm absolutely obsessed with pole dancing. In 2019, I hung up my corporate stilettos for a pair of pleasers and my very own pole studio. I'm now on a journey to have open and thought-provoking conversations uncovering all things pole dancing. Welcome back to Uncovered. Today, I am joined by Vanessa, also known as Scala on Instagram, to talk about all things flow. So Vanessa has experience as an ex-ballet dancer, a stripper, and now a pole dancing instructor. And recently, she got into a very interesting conversation on her Instagram channel about flow versus tricks. And when I seen this, and I was sharing my thoughts about it with her, I was like, instantly, this needs to be a podcast episode. Vanessa, first of all, welcome to the podcast. And I want to know, like, where did this come from? Okay, so I was at my studio where I teach, and um, we were having a bit of a discussion. It was around the time of Miss Pole Dance Australia. And we were talking about how some of the people that got through to the finals were not necessarily people who placed in the heats. And some of the people were like, I don't understand why, you know, they didn't do any big tricks. They didn't do a spatchcock. Somebody else did this trick or that trick and then they didn't do this trick. And isn't that trick worth getting into the finals for because it's a bigger trick and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I understand exactly why they got in because their performance their flow, their dance quality, their movement was just so beautiful to watch that people want to see that and I understand why that was on the big stage. And they said, yeah, but you just like that because you're a dancer and you're into that flowy shit, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, but it's really, <laughs> it's, it's really valuable and it's, I think it's really hard and it's really valuable, you know, and they kind of were like, yeah, but the, you know what about the rainbow moshenka and the spatchcock and and I said don't you think flow is hard and they're like yeah no, but that's easy it's not like it's a trick and I was like okay but it's rare and not a lot of people can do it or focus on it so if it's that easy why isn't everybody doing it you know and then it kind of got into a discussion about on the Instagram of like do you think flow is easy? And then people were responding, no, 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 it's absolutely not. So, Yeah, it's an interesting thought because yeah. I know my <laughs> response to you was along the lines of it's such a vulnerable yeah. thing for me to do. So to spend time on it, I really have to go outside my comfort zone, whereas I've been very fortunate in my pole journey that mastering tricks especially in those early days, was a lot easier to achieve. So it was like, yeah, ticking, ticking, ticking the boxes. And I stayed away from the dance because I thought I looked terrible. Um, so I think that for, for me anyway, that is something that makes me feel vulnerable when, when exploring flow and really trying to master flow. We should probably start and break it down for our listeners. And what is flow exactly and like what do we determine as flow and then my next question to that would be why is it important for pole dancers so flow is a quality of dance and there are a couple of aspects to it and one is lines and quality of movement and the other is fluidity which is where the word flow comes from so if you think back to the origins of or what we often think of the origins of like Western dancing ballet, 
lines are something that when you do ballet you drill your lines so it's really really boring you stand at a bar for ages and you work on you know moving your hand to the side and lifting your you know elbow in a certain way placing your fingers in a certain way and so you have to get the muscle memory in first of these beautiful lines and then flow is about when you have that muscle memory in place you can connect those lines in a really fluid way but you can't do one without the other and that's why flow is so hard is because people you know often want to jump to the second step first because the second step is where it starts to feel really good where you can just move from one movement to another and sometimes when I'm teaching or you know designing a routine for somebody somebody will go oh how do you just go straight into it like that like how do you know what to do and it's years and years and years of practice and drilling lines so like when somebody's creating a routine i often say slow it right down and drill it in the mirror and look at every line like you're posing for a photo um and then practice that muscle memory and get it into your muscle memory and then start connecting it and the fluidity comes and it looks fluid because you're connecting it but the fluidity aspect doesn't come until you get the muscle memory of the lines in place first and you need both for flow so it's a unfortunate answer but it is kind of like it's not like learning a trick trick where you go put your elbow here you push really hard here muscle engagement and then kick or push or pull your leg and then go 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 you got it it's not like that it's like such a laborious and slow process to get there so that's why a lot of people prefer tricks yeah that's what I just wrote down what I hear from that is there's a lot of discipline involved which means you're delaying your gratification and we've done a podcast episode on this in the past instant gratification is the thing like we literally can go oh I want strawberries and have strawberries at our door in three minutes or whatever thanks to uber so we've definitely got this we expect results really really quickly and I know even having that conversation with people who want to get their splits it's not going to happen after one stretching session like these things take time yeah I, um, I was listening to a podcast recently, um, The Mindset Mentor, and he, he used the strawberry slash, you know, ordering through Uber analogy. And he's like, back in the days, like 100, 200 years ago, you had to go buy the seeds and then you had to put the seeds into the dirt and then you had to wait for the right time of season and then you had to wait for them to grow. Then you had to wait for them to ripen before you could actually eat your strawberries. So his whole point was good things take yeah time and yeah I know tricks definitely just feed that instant gratification yes I achieved something I feel good oh yeah I love it too I love going to a class and being like yeah I got it I got it tick done move on yes (laughs) and sometimes it's not even like let's master it but then you watch the video back and you're like why doesn't it look good though you know and unfortunately flow doesn't just end on the floor it's up the pole too like if you watch somebody who's really beautiful that you admire it's not just that they do the trick it's the way they do it it's the way they get into it they're still dancing on the pole they're still flowing you know people like Marianne Crompe and people like that who have been around for ages or Felix the way she just kind of throws herself in and presents and hits that moment or, or like unfolds an arm like that's flow you can have five spatchcocks, but one of them 
unfolds and one of them just launches in and you know kind of something that you can't avoid yeah and I think coming back to the original um discussion you were having in studio about Miss Pole Dance Australia in particular I'm not sure what the judging criteria is but being a person who watches these shows I generally say that Miss Pole Dance Australia is much more of a show element rather than and I'm not sure how it's weighted if you can achieve really good tricks and you can do it like you said you can unfold and they're beautiful rather than launching it's going to make the world a difference it's that performance and when you're putting yourself on a big stage like that you do have to think about how your lines come out and and how every movement comes together especially at that level yeah I think everybody knows what flow is like when you when you look at a performance, one that, you know, it's funny, I'm teaching a, a course at the moment on, um, you know, comp routine creation. And um, every single girl is obsessed with this one routine. I'm not going to say whose routine it is, but from Miss Pole Dance. And it wasn't somebody that placed, uh, but it just made a huge impression on everybody. People want to do that song. People want to recreate that routine. People are like, what was it? Why did I love it so much? And it's like, oh, just cohesive, cohesiveness of theme and the way that she moved and the way that she, everything, these little nuances that, yeah, made that really, really memorable. Yes, and this is a little off topic, but still coming off to this point, I was in Melbourne over the weekend and seeing Harry Potter, the stage show down there, and every single thing they did on that stage was choreographed. It was thought about. When they were moving furniture, their capes would come over and they would swing them. It was cohesive and it was spectacular to watch. Apparently because we did know somebody who was – acting in it and they said there were a few hiccups that night but from a stage perspective you couldn't see that it everything looked yeah in unison and potentially how it needs to be so I guess when it comes to pole dancers it's important <laughs> if you want to start thinking about competing or putting on performances if you just want to be a trick master and now you're tr- I guess it's still tr- it's important in tricks too if you want your tricks to look good yeah for sure for sure I think um even in the comps that are just about tricks like you know I don't even know what they're called (coughs) PSO or something like that you still need that flow in those tricks and it still makes it connect and look beautiful but um I think a lot of pollers they're sort of like I'm comfortable in the pole not on the floor and it's like yeah because haven't worked on your dance flow is really dance and I feel like that's something that we can kind of lose when we overemphasize tricks that it's not called pole tricks it's called pole dance and it's actually flow is dance yeah and I feel like sometimes we can kind of by focusing on this short-term satisfaction that we get from tricks or like yay a trick yay she did a trick clap 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 we're losing our artistry as an industry and I think the true artistry of pole comes from the dance and the way that we connect it. So, yeah, there's two sides of pole. One is pole and the other is dance. <laughs> and I think that's what I mean by flow is it's dance. Yeah, and I yeah. I feel like, and I know you said when we were talking about this, um, when you sent through your email with some ideas, is we're seeing dance be popular in more countries, not necessarily in Australia, but I know in our studio 
I can't put on enough choreo classes at this point in time. We just added two more to our timetable this term and we're midway through because the girls are just like eating it up. There's still girls that are definitely like, no, not ready to do that. So we still have to maintain a fairly um, diverse timetable. But so many of our girls are starting to really love that dance element and the simplification of it too. It's not necessarily, to your point... The most popular class we have in terms of um, dance is something called Central Flow and it doesn't have any hard pole tricks in it. It's just all about dance and dancing with the pole on the floor and it books out every week, wait list every week. It's We have the same dance class on three times a week because it's just so popular but it is just very simplistic and it's very easy for anybody to walk in and start exploring. Yeah, and that's perfect. And I would encourage anyone to start with a class like that, yeah. Well, that's how you develop it. Yeah, is by starting with those basics, 100%. And yeah, yeah, pressure. something slow where you can sink into the movement, yeah. We want to put more of an emphasis in choreo or in our level classes, but then you've got to find that balance between people want to like nail their foundations as well and they want to really move through the levels. What are the technical differences between flow or dance, I guess, and tricks? Like what is it that make these things, I guess, so unique in themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Well, coming from a dance background, you know, I, I was a ballet dancer from when I was two and then wow. I went in stripping at about 18. So when I was a stripper, we didn't do tricks. It, stripping's not, I mean, anyone that's stripped knows this, but it's not about tricks. It's not even about dancing. It's about sales and lying to men, sorry, <laughs> but it is. Um, anyway, um, but when I came to pole, I was not immediately good at it, much to my horror, because I'm like, no, I'm a dancer. I should be immediately good at this, but it recruits a entirely two entirely different muscle sets. So dance recruits a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny muscles and this kind of different element of core that's about holding yourself through slow movement where lots of tiny muscles are firing. So I actually got into a fair bit of trouble when I started pole doing tricks because I was used to recruiting all these little, little, little muscles and no big muscles. So when I had to do inverts and tricks that recruit, you know, lats, and my body was turning on the tiny muscles, not the big muscles. So that's probably why you don't get a lot of... um, you know, people who are really great at big, big tricks and who are very, very strong often struggle with the dance element because they're used to recruiting big muscles. And people who are really good at this like flowy, flowy dance often have a lot more trouble developing strength because it's a totally different muscle set. So I think that understanding that can enable people to sort of understand the mechanics of what's happening differently so if you think of moving an arm in like a fluid way I'm moving my arm now people on the podcast probably can't see but you know if you do this like wavy stuff with your arms that's different to when you go look like that two different kind of muscle sets that you're recruiting so there's actually technical you could probably get a physio to talk about this a lot better than me but that's often why people who have background in dance Um, find it harder to do the strength stuff because and vice versa because there's different muscle patterns and that's why I'm talking about muscle memory and training it in and slowing it down and like in your class going right back to something really simple 
and training it into your muscle memory. So if you think of pole, you've got two halves. You've got one half, which is the movement half, which is why you would do those slow quarry classes to build up that skill set and that muscle memory. And then you've got your tricks and you do that in a separate class and then you're going to try and link it together. So that's kind of how you would do it, do it evenly like that. Does that make sense? It does. I'm trying to give like a formula for how you would develop flow. Yeah, yeah it definitely but does. A lot of people kind of want to like jump straight in. They're like, I've got this existing skill set. And I was like, I know I've been there. You know, I thought because I was a ballerina, I'd be fantastic at pole. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I wasn't that, that really great at tricks straight away. I find it really interesting because you often get dancers in and because they've got the coordination, like they, they can understand what their body's doing. They generally do really well at those lower levels. Oh yeah. They like generally will just smash through yeah. those lower levels. And then, yeah, when they get to the high, if they it depends if they've got like the ex gymnast element as well or whatever comes into it. Um, I generally find people who have done cheer sometimes are pretty good when they come into pole because they got that little bit more of an acrobatics. Yeah. Cause they've got the upper body because they've yeah 100 you can tell a ex a pure ex ballerina when it comes time to handspring we're a mess yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know we'll all get a shoulder injury straight up yeah, it's, it's, it's like what is this so yeah i find if it you're used to moving your arm ballet is your soft movements so i find it yeah really interesting that they're not so transferable I think and I think the way you just broke that down then to talk about the way the muscles work as well as like the smaller muscles and the bigger muscles and how they differ in what we're doing and to your point I think getting a physio on cough cough Simone if you're listening um, to talk about these differences (laughs) and why it might not be because I do think dancers come in and generally I don't know, yeah, generally expect that that is going to be the case. Oh, yeah. I think every studio owner, probably yourself included, has had that person call up and go, oh, no, I've got a dance background, so I can probably go straight to intermediate. And you've just gone, oh. no. <laughs> yes, we've definitely had that. I um, <laughs> definitely. I was that girl. Yeah. I was that girl. Right? I was like, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> just let me up there. It's like, I don't want you to die yeah. today. Like, I don't want that on my <laughs> conscience. Nor do I want you to injure yourself <laughs> because then that's also a really poor experience from an inch, from a studio perspective I want you to start off slow but yeah we definitely have those people who well will I have no idea about tricks but yeah yeah no it's interesting yeah. um so for people who want to improve their flow what types of things can they start yeah. thinking about like what would be these top tips and then how can they I guess what are the tips and then from the tips like how can you incorporate that into your training yeah okay The first tip I want to give, and this might be my background in psychology speaking, but it is psychological. So the first tip is put all of your kind of worries and insecurities, not out of your mind, but just like sit with them for a bit um, and be okay with the fact that you might feel a bit vulnerable because, you know, you're getting into your body and it's unique form of movement. Um, and you're going to be learning a skill that, you know, you want to come naturally and it won't come naturally. Um, and you're going to have all these kind of things of, you know, if you don't have a back dance background, a lot of people have a lot of kind of 
sadness around the, oh I never got to do dance as a kid or like I'm not very graceful and all these kind of programs that you have in your mind about who you think you are um, what somebody might have told you about how you move just kind of sit with that and then put it out of your mind and allow yourself the freedom to be vulnerable and to explore your body because a lot of flow has to do with you know it's a contradiction one half is getting the muscle memory of your lines and all of that and then it's letting go it's letting your body move how it wants to move and you know you're gonna have awkward moments and you're gonna have moments where you come up against those insecurities and um you've just got to kind of let it go and it's a whole sort of internal thing as well as an external thing yeah. so you know on one hand it's these tiny little movements of your muscles and it's learning all of your lines and things like that and then on another hand it's letting yourself be sexy letting yourself be expressive or artistic or whatever it is that you are because everybody has a beautiful unique way of moving inside of them that they can let out but it you can't let it out unless you give yourself permission to move through the awkwardness and move through that learning period and yeah, I love that. Um, just go on that journey with it. So I think it makes you very vulnerable, but I think it's so taking that journey. I think that's the most important step. And then there's the technique element, which is just practice and get it into muscle memory. So practice it, slow it down, look in the mirror, get your muscle memory, and then go to class, learn from somebody else. Um, find the ones that look good on you, the movements that you love, and then go away and practice those slowly in front of the mirror and then put it all together and then try and freestyle as much as you can. That's I know that's a dirty word for a lot of people, <laughs> but when you freestyle, you're going to make mistakes and those mistakes can sometimes be good things and then you can find your unique way of moving. So, yeah, just practicing as much as possible. Yeah, and, and I... And letting um, yourself go. Those yeah. I think that's really important and I know I did a uh, private with Mishka in Melbourne over the weekend and I'm like I just want to do dance because it's something I'm definitely trying to explore more of and forgiving yourself that your body doesn't necessarily move in the same way as somebody else's body I think like when you're learning from somebody I don't have a bendy back and yes. I'm really quite stiff yes. so I have to go yeah when she comes up and does it she looks so graceful meanwhile in my brain I'm like please don't break please don't break out 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 I'm up okay it takes a lot for me to do a similar movement because my body is just not the same strength the same it doesn't have the same flexibility as her um and I just had to be okay that some of those movements didn't look great on me and still just try to own them in the moment yeah. which is really really hard well, you don't have to keep everything. Pole is like a smorgasbord, you know, like you find that in tricks classes that sometimes, you know, say you do five tricks in a class and, you know, you do one, you're like, mm -mm, not for me, that's going on my shit list. Like, I don't like it. doesn't look good on me. It's too hard and it looks yucky on me anyway. So dance is kind of the same. Like there'll be certain movements. It's like, no, nah, that doesn't suit me. And that's how you actually develop your own artistry anyway. Like, yeah work on your flexibility that's all good stuff but you know pole dance as in the heel style of dancing that originates from stripping a lot of that it's lying to men and it's also lying to the audience which traditionally was men you know you're posing yourself in certain ways that make you look good so to that point not having a bendy back 
might actually be part of your style. You'd be surprised at how many dancers that you watch who you think have incredible flow. They're not putting their um, faults on display. They're putting their best things on display. So it's the same as having a bag of tricks. You have a bag of movements that look great on you, you know, like a specific split angle or like a, a way that you move your hands to distract from the fact that your feet have to quickly change position to get somewhere. So there's some little tricks of the trade that you learn along the way, but sometimes those tricks you develop from your flaws and that actually builds your style. So don't be afraid to kind of like use it like a smorgasbord, keep what you like and then chuck what you don't and then keep collecting. It's like you collect tricks, you collect a bag of movements. And in dance, we have what's called movement vocabulary. You can't speak a language and speaking a language fluidly is flow. Adding to your vocabulary of movement and collecting movements that feel and look good on you is how you develop your dance vocabulary. And the more words that you have in that vocabulary, the easier you can speak that language and that translates to flow, if that makes sense. It makes 100% sense. And uh, like I'm obviously reflecting on my own journey as you're talking and I'm sure the people who are listening are doing the same. And I know when I teach tricks in classes, I will have students who come to me and said, oh my God, when you said this thing, everything just made sense for me. It all fell into place. And you know what? Yeah. Somebody else may have said the exact same thing, but they may have not been in the moment to be able to receive that information at that time. You know, they may have been having a bad day. The instructor might be having a bad day. There's so many things that can contribute to whether or not you're picking up those little trips, tricks and tips. But I think what you generally see, and I know I think you put this in your notes, is people will try to speed through and just be like, the next thing, the next thing, tell me what's next. And it's trying to slow down and listen to your instructors as well you made a really good mention there of you know it might be your hand as your legs have to change position but people are focusing on your hands those things are important when it comes to flow but it's something I never would have thought about so I think slowing down and listening to to the little things that your instructor gives and um, the little tips that they make to make those movements more fluid and then keeping them in mind is always very helpful yeah, definitely. Like you listen to your instructor, listen to your feedback as well. That's a really important part. You're so lucky to do a class with Mishka. I'm sure she gave you a lot of um, tips that you 100%. tried to retain in your mind. <laughs> you know, like, and, and it's how much you're able to take that on board. Like, you know, one of the girls in my um, comp class took every single tip I gave her one and then she came back and the next week her routine was just 5,000% better because you could wow. see that she'd gone okay and she took it on board and she gave it a go and she was really humble about it and I guess people have varying capacity to practice and things like that but um, it was just a really good example of how you know, when you do take those tips on board from your teacher and you apply them I used to be like that in dance class when I was little I'd just be like yeah 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 whatever I'd just rock up to class and not really listen and then as I kind of got older and I got into it more I realized that my teacher actually did know better than me <laughs> and that I should probably listen to what she was saying and take something on board so sometimes you take feedback and it's yeah it's not the right fit and we we're talking about feedback I've gone back to um uni not to do a whole new degree but we have the ability to go back and take 
classes that we had done throughout our throughout our course um, and you pay money and it goes to charity but you just get to sit in and this class I did like five or so years ago so it was nice to be able to rehear this information in the environment that I'm currently in now that I own a business and all the rest of it but anyway we're talking about feedback and you know not everybody is open to feedback yeah. and I think that's the first thing is if you really want to improve and I know it's a really vulnerable space, feedback is going to be important to improvement. And when we were talking about the difference between positive um, feedback and constructive feedback, positive feedback is the reinforcement of behaviours you want to see more of. And constructive feedback is of the behaviours that, it's not that they should stop doing, but they could do this to improve on those behaviours to, I guess, get that behaviour to a position where it's going to be given positive feedback rather than constructive feedback. So it's not to say that it's necessarily wrong. It's just different ways of thinking about it. And feedback can be really hard to start taking on board if you're really vulnerable about your movements as well. Yeah, I think a good teacher is able to give you feedback about the things that are unique to you that are really positive. So they can say, hey, did you know that you're really amazing at staccato movement or the way that your body seems to move would really suit. Have you seen this dancer? She's kind of similar to how I see you being able to move. Like I can do that with people. I don't know why, whether it's a dance background or whatever, but I can see somebody and go, oh, that's a Marianne Crampe girl or like, oh, that's a Lola girl or like, <laughs> you know, that's somebody that's on this kind of like pathway like their body just moves like that and I think that's a really big part of finding your flow too is finding where you fit Mm. you know like I absolutely love Daria Che like she is queen to me um she's pretty amazing but my body doesn't move quite like hers (laughs) Mm. you know there's different aspects so I have to go like "Mm, I'm a bit like her but with more of like a bloody sort of stripper edge to it right (laughs) she's very Russian so I've got to move towards what suits my body I move in a very kind of like a soft romantic way you know I'm not like a strong staccato mover Mm. so I've got to work within that and somebody else might be like really like really hot at twerking and things like that so and that feels and it's usually what you enjoy the most Um, And a good dance teacher can say to you, did you know that you're good at this? I can see you being really good at this type of movement, how exploring a bit of that. And I think that's a great way of giving people feedback in a way that's really encouraging and inspiring and kind of makes them think, oh, I didn't know that I could do that. But I don't know. I can just see it in people. I can see somebody move and go, oh, I know your pathway. This is if you start down this pathway, you'll find yourself. Yeah. And I think that comes back to like your passion I think, flow. Like you, I've obviously watched yeah. a lot of people dance and like really looked at the way they moved and because that is your dance background, but I don't necessarily think you need the dance background to be that passionate about flow or learning no. flow or watching it. It's just Not what at you all. enjoy doing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's It'll really happen naturally. Like it'll be the things that you like. Like when you look at it and you go, oh, I love that. Explore that, you know, because that the reason you love it is because it's in you. You have the capacity to do that. So, you know, don't let anyone discourage you and say, oh, that's not going to be in your range. You know, listen to people, I think, that 
say to you, yeah, you can do it and, um, and follow the things that you love. Like I don't look at somebody doing fongies and go, oh, I love that. Like I do think it's very, very cool, but it doesn't make me like, you know, when you see a trick and you're just like, I must have it, it must be mine. You know that feeling Yeah. where 100%. you're just like, I will get that that trick I will get it yeah movement's the same when you see somebody moving and you're just like oh I want that don't then let yourself go into but I can't have it I can't move like that no practice it give yourself a gear and then look at the first video from when you started that journey to where you are in a year and you'll be shocked at how much better you can get you know so the things that you love are the things that are inside you 100 I love that and it all comes down to what it is that your um, path is right at this minute we all want to be in pole for a very long time is this a season of mastering some flows this is a season of really building foundations building strength um, it just it really depends on where you are at in it but I, I do think it's really important and I know you will obviously second this it's really important to add it even if you're not necessarily flow and you're like but I want to do the the fitnessy sort of um, competitions more so than the dance competitions you're still going to require an element of flow to be involved in what you do as we talked about before yeah true just like I'd love to just dance but unfortunately I have to do tricks (laughs) (laughs) gotta have a selection of tricks (laughs) yeah that's fair enough and like if you want to compete you've got to do that because there's a judging criteria that is generally speaking a mix of tricks and flow and stage performance and costume and all the rest of it like it's not just one or the other unfortunately so if anybody wants to reach out or follow you on instagram um where can they find you what is your handle it is starla st a-R-L-A underscore Venus underscore. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank I think you. this is such a great topic to uncover and I'm sure our listeners got a lot out of it and hopefully some tips to actually start on their pole journey. So for those who are listening, if you love this episode, please feel free to screenshot it and tag Vanessa and I. We would love to hear your feedback and what you got out of it. Otherwise, just come hang out with us um, on Instagram at uncovered.pd. Until next time, we'll see you soon.